Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. Hi, Niall. I hope this email finds you well. I don't usually do this, but my family are having some issues at the moment. And I would love you to do a segment on your show, as I feel other families are probably in the same boat in the run-up to Christmas. I'm a regular listener to your show, and I think you are the most brutally honest on the airwaves. Ah, thanks very much. My son is working in Canada, my daughter is in Germany. Uh, we have made a decision that they're coming home for the Christmas, come hell or high water. They've booked their flights uh, home, and I cannot wait to see them. My son hasn't been home in two years, and my daughter hasn't been home since she left after New Year's. Uh, so, the daughter, one year. Uh, we go we, uh, we go all out every Christmas, and this year will be no different. No matter what restrictions we face, I won't be forgoing Christmas. Between myself, my husband, his extended family and our kids, there'll be 14 of us in the house. My problem has arised when I received an extremely angry phone call from my sister-in-law about this. I won't even tell you what name she called me, but she said how irresponsible I am by doing this and what kind of kids I raise to think it's fine uh, to flog the guidelines so blatantly. Uh, she ended the call uh, telling me that she won't be involved in any of it and told me that if it goes ahead, that she might even report me. Can she even do this, Niall? I got off the phone disgusted at the way she spoke to me. I asked my husband to have a word with her, but he doesn't want to get involved, but he is worried about the repercussions that she might actually go and report us. He says she is that type. Can you bring this up on your show? Surely. Uh, I uh, am the only, I'm not the only family that are planning to have a big get-together after the crap year we've all had. Well, I know a lot of families have a big Christmas, you know, and then they, they'll do that, you know, they'll have the nice big Christmas, they get together with all their friends and their family, and some people will have a lot more than others. I spoke to somebody the other day, and they're having 30 people over this Christmas. And they say they do it every year, and they're not going to change it. And these are all family, an extended family. Uh, I know others who are following the guidelines and they're not going to go to their mother's house and do certain things because they've got to follow the guidelines. So there are those who will follow the guidelines. There are those who won't. And the government will soon make a major decision on lifting the country's uh, level five lockdown. And they may not lift it and on how it intends to manage the pandemic throughout December and the Christmas period. A recent survey documented in the Irish Times stated that a third of people will celebrate Christmas as normal, no matter what restrictions are in place over the holiday period, while more than half believe the festive season will not be as much fun as Christmas Christmases of the past. That was in the Irish Times, by the way. Is that even a word? Christmases. It doesn't even sound right, is it? Christmases. Anyway, what do you think of this woman's email? Is it irresponsible or do you believe she is dead right? Is it irresponsible to have your normal Christmas? Now, I'm not saying you're, you're inviting, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry, but your family and, and the grandkids and the extended family that you might normally have over with the big Christmas turkey and everything. Is it irresponsible to do that this year when you've been advised not to? Now, according to the Irish Times, a third of people are going to do that anyway. They're going to have a normal Christmas no matter what Tony Holland says because they believe it's important for family. But let me know what you think. The number is 87 Is it irresponsible for people to continue to have the usual Christmas, which will go against the guidelines? Because obviously most people will visit family and friends at Christmas. Okay, so let me know what you think. Is it irresponsible to do that? And the number is 87 Mary, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Mary? Hi, Niall. How are you? Welcome back. Ah, thanks very much, Thank Mary. For the couple of weeks. Yeah, I, but no, it was only one week, Mary. Oh, was it? Well, it felt like a couple of weeks. Ah, it probably felt like forever, did not it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did, it did. So, Mary, uh, your son is in Hawaii. He is. 
Okay, and he was supposed to be coming home, but the flight to, oh, the flight's been cancelled, have they? Twice, by two different airlines. Uh, United cancelled it, first of all, about two, three weeks ago, and we, I was on the phone to him, and he rebooked with Aer Lingus. And where, by the way, where was he going to fly from? Hawaii to where? To San where? Francisco to Dublin. Okay, all right, okay. So, and they were cancelled. Okay, and is there no route to, say, France or London that might be we, more effective? Yeah. We decided, no, it would be too complicated. Right, okay, okay. You know. so, but, so he's not coming home? He's not coming home. But I'm he's sorry coming home that. in um, April, or in May. June, June, sorry. Okay, June. <laughs> he's moving a teacher on. over there. And, okay, uh, I'd say he must love it, by the way. It's a beautiful place. He does, but he was so looking forward to coming home with his girlfriend, and we were, you know, yeah. we're devastated, really. But we did think about going through France. But he's lost loads of money. He hasn't had any refunds yet. So right, he, okay. We met a tweet last night. His credit card is nearly maxed out, you know. Right, okay, because he gets to wait for his money back from Erlingus or whoever. He gets to wait for his money back, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, so but they, and you could be waiting a long time. And, and even <laughs> you're probably better off just taking a credit note from them, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. he is coming in June, so... Yeah, he'll use that. Know. Yeah, okay. So, maybe he'll use so in other words, you were happy enough to kind of break the guy. Oh, yeah. Break the guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you see, I... I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be mad about going into a pub or a restaurant or standing on the street or doing any of the th- those things. But family are most important. I think. And so. how dare they threaten us that we have no Christmas? Well, see, they're, well, they're, they're speaking dare. out of both sides of their mouth. You'd Stephen, you'd Leo Racket telling us not to do it. Then Stephen Donnelly yesterday. I don't know what Stephen Donnelly was trying to say yesterday. He sounded like Boris Johnson there going back a couple he of did. months ago. Do you remember? Do you remember Boris a couple of months ago? Yes. Don't go to work, go to work. If you yes, have to go to yes. work, go to work, but don't go to work. Stephen Donnelly's even worse than Yeah, Boris I know. That's what he did yesterday. Don't, don't come home for Christmas, but if you have to come home for Christmas yeah. in red country, don't you have to self-isolate. Oh, uh, I'm yeah. like you with, with Simon and Leo, as bad as it was, at least. We'd have, ah, I yeah. think people had Better more. the bad bunch, but best of the bad bunch. Simon Harris, um, we would have had more faith. I just don't think... I don't care. I just don't think... I think Simon was better at delivering the bad news in a nice way. Maybe it was. But they haven't a clue. As you say, speaking out about both sides of their mouth, and Tony Houlihan, oh my God, where did we get him? You know, seriously, is he running the country? As you call him, President Houlihan? Well, he does seem to be running the country at the moment. Well... He's a chief medical officer. And, and, you know, as a chief medical officer, it's an important position to, you know, to obviously sure. give advice. But I don't believe it's his place to make decisions. And I, and I believe if RTE are going to continue to have him on every day uh, mm. at six o'clock or give us the and, headlines. And, TV, and Virgin, by the And way, Virgin I'm Media, yes. Yeah, so it would be fair. Somebody mentioned that yesterday. It would be fair to yeah. mention Virgin Media to give the headlines every yeah. day and the numbers and mm. the figures. Mm. I think mm. it's important. I'm, I personally believe that Tony Holohan should just give the figures, give the data. And that should be as far as he goes. Absolutely. And then any information he has or any advice should be given to government. And government. I do believe it should be up to government then to give us that information 100%. or decide what to do with it. Yeah, yeah he's no authority. I, mean, I don't, I well, I don't believe. Him, well, we all did. They claim he does, did but I don't believe it. Did we get a statue done or something for him there a while ago? But he's just, and all of them, not only him, McClunky and McClunky and mm. Ryan, that Ryan fella. Thomas um, Ryan, McClunky. Thomas Ryan, Anthony, we, 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 these people have all become like Luke O'Neill, Anthony yeah. Staines. No, I'm a Luke O'Neill fan. I'll have to. Say ah, do you sorry. like Luke? Yeah, oh, I love Luke. I love right, Luke. Okay. He's the only one that sounds. He's a wealthy man, mind you. I know he isn't. <laughs> a very but wealthy man. From, he just sold his company. He's from my hometown. He's from my hometown. Yeah, from Bray. Well, he yeah. does come across as a nice guy, but I still think he's a bit over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he's yeah. the only one I listen to. Oh, okay. okay yeah, but, I don't but, listen to the rest. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Some of them are like the Grim Reapers, aren't they? They are. Us? And I mean, seriously, I mean, people are getting depressed. People are committing suicide. I know, that's, that's a sad to part. These. They're like, you're, oh, 
Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the point getting back to the original thing. So, so what are yeah. you going to do for Christmas this year? Do we just you and I'm the going hubby? To my daughter. And, oh, no. you're going to your daughter's house? Okay. Oh yeah. I and I've ever, and I'm not allowing anybody to stop me going to my daughter. I always was, and she's in Donnybrook, and we're in Bray. Yeah. We're gone. Right. Okay. Know? Now the rules might state that there'll be no visits to households. I don't know if the rules will say no, that. The rules can say what they like. Okay. So, so as far as you're concerned, it doesn't matter what the rules are. You're going to your daughter's house. We're going to it. our daughter. Like we're we're doing Christmas. Exactly the same as we've done every other year. Okay, okay. And what, no do, you say, and what do you say? I'm not going to condemn you, by the way, but I am going to tell you because it is my job to tell you you may be in breach of the guidelines. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, that's sure. just my job to tell you that. Mm, but what do you say? To, what, what do you say to people who say you know you're being irresponsible that I couldn't go to my dad's funeral or I couldn't go to see my mum in hospital yeah. and, and, and there's you breaking out, the guidelines? My heart goes out to people who couldn't go to their dad's funeral or to their, visit their mum. That's another whole new debate is visiting people in hospitals and elderly people in nursing homes and stuff like that. Mm. That's a whole different story. I mean, my God, it's just, it's, I don't know what to say. It's dreadful. It's absolutely, oh, it's gone mad. Okay, so you, you believe the government have a role to play in telling us what to do in this perspective, advising us what to do, but you believe it's gone too far you, you and they're telling you how to live your life. I believe the government, if they weren't speaking out of both sides of their mouth and they were changing, I don't think the government know what they're doing to tell you the truth. And what you said about Michal Martin earlier on is 100% right. I find it, and you know what, I, I feel bad because the last time I spoke to Michal Martin was just before the pandemic. It was just after the last election. Mm. And I, I actually know it was just when the pandemic started. And I remember saying mm. to Michal that I did wish him luck and I would yeah. like to see him as Taoiseach because oh, yeah. I wanted to see him get a shot at the give title. Him, him, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And because I thought he was a good man. And I mm. sure have, we haven't heard hide nor hear of him really at all. No, no, no. He no. seems to be afraid to make decisions. Taoiseach. I'm sure he's a very nice man. I've never met him. I'm sure he is. But he just wants to be the Taoiseach. He's not, he, yeah, I don't, he's not coming across as a good leader, I'll be honest with you. No, he's not. He's dreadful. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm, yeah, he really yeah. is. And okay. again, Leo used to stand up there. And this is all last March, of course, before we knew what was Yeah, but that's when Leo was doing his movie quotes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you remember his movie quotes? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> Which were a bit inappropriate. I'll be honest. We with kind you. of listened to him, though, didn't we? And we listened to. Well, he, well he's more um, believable, isn't he? Even if he's telling a lie. Yeah, your man when he's delivering anything, God love him. We all. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so you. Okay, so you're going ahead with it. Stay there for a second because Debbie, you're a classic kids. Debbie, mm. how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Good, Debbie, I was surprised to hear that, according to the Irish Times survey, a third of people don't care what restrictions are in. They're having yeah. their Christmas as normal. Yeah, we're, we're working away. Um, my daughter and her partner are coming over. They've been booked for ages on the ferry. My sister mm-hmm. and all her children and grandchildren are coming over. They're booked on the ferry. Um, and my, I'm hoping my sister might get back from London as well. So, yeah, I think... And what do you, what do you say to people listening, saying, well, how irresponsible are you lot? Here we are trying to rid ourselves of a pandemic and you're importing people left, right and centre. They could be with carrying the COVID and they're obviously not going to be in isolation because they're going to be all together, uh, you know, meeting each other and what have you. So they'll call you irresponsible. What do you say to those people? Well, you know, people need to look at the data. They need to look at the information they, we had a pandemic in the spring. Yes, we did. I'm not denying that. It's endemic now in the world. We have problems because we are testing with a faulty test. So we'll give a rise to all these numbers. Okay, so you don't trust the PCR test is what you're telling me. Oh, okay. well, no, it's not that we don't. Well, it has now uh, in Portugal okay, well, and in Belgium now. It's not being used in a pillar two setting. So it should be only used in what they call a pillar one. 
so you get the correct diagnosis. I'm not, not going to get into the scientific aspect of it because I don't have somebody on the air to back all that claims up. But yes, I do understand that a lot of people, including scientists, uh, and indeed, by the way, the man who invented the PCR test, yeah, who got a Nobel yeah. Prize for it, said it shouldn't be used in this manner. And I, yeah. and I get that. That it does, ha- it does have a lot of false positives and maybe false negatives too. Yeah, well, the thing is, if people are coming home, like my, ki- my kids, they're going to be staying here in the house. They're not going to be visiting people. When they come home, they'll be staying here. So we're not going to be mixing with anybody else. And yeah, but they're I'm mixing sure with you. Yeah, but the argument is they're mixing with you. And then well, you're I'm going quite... to be going down to the shop and you know what I mean? Um, no, I mean, I'm quite happy. Look, I was in England in October. We went back before all the was restrictions. I. Yeah, restrictions. <laughs> I had a new grandson and I went over mm. and it was lovely to tell you the truth because the place was open but sensible. Uh, everybody, you know, you went into shops. You did it's not like that now in England. No, it isn't Boris now, has gone a bit bonkers now. Yeah, he has. <laughs> He's gone absolutely bonkers. And, you know, well, there's a lot to be said about that as well. But um, it was open and it was moving. My daughter, she she's a manager of four gyms in the south of England. Four big gyms in big areas in the south of England. And they've not had any cases in the gyms. They do all the protocol. Now, they're shut now again for another month. But it was working fine, and it does work fine. And, I mean, she, uh, she came home just before the first lockdown in February, March, and she was sick with the flu. So it's funny because um, her partner was sick as well while she was away, and his bosses <coughs> did an antibody, an antibody test from uh, Holland, and they came back as having COVID from the antibody test. So okay. I, I feel it's been around a long time. But they're coming home. And yeah, well, look, why? I don't understand why we shouldn't see our family. Well, 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 because we're being told by the government, and I suppose we elect a government to make decisions on our behalf, and they say they're making these decisions in the interest of public health because, okay, you two, uh, you know, and. Mm. I think everybody knows my opinions on the whole situation. Mm. I'm not saying I, I disagree with that. I think that this virus doesn't exist. Of course it does. But what mm. I do believe is that I believe the the uh, we're cracking a nut with a sledgehammer here, to be honest with you. But however... Yeah. Uh, we can't be zero. We can't be a zero. Well, there are scientists. Time. Well, there's a one or two over here who believe that we should have a zero COVID oh, island, which is a complete yeah, utter fantasy and nonsense. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah exactly. okay. I think, I think most scientists agree with the fact that you cannot eradicate a virus. I think yeah. most agree with that, okay? But, um, yeah. Oh, Unless, of course, you've got a vaccine and herd immunity. Well, that takes time. You achieve eventually. You do achieve that eventually with every virus. I well, mean, well not to... necessarily. You know, we've had the flu around for 100 years or more, or since we've recognised it, or 100 years or more. I mean, we've had HIV around for the last 35 years. Yeah. So we, you can't get rid of every virus. A lot of viruses no, are still with us. you can help it. Yeah. You can help achieve yeah. a percentage, because yeah. like we know, there's still people... You know, a, a flu virus, a flu vaccine might only work. So swine flu. Do you remember the whole swine flu thing going back there? It oh, nearly, yeah, well. It, well, if we had had social media back in 2009 when swine flu kind of came back and went a bit bonkers uh, because of a case in Mexico and America went a bit mad over the whole thing. If we'd have had social media, we'd have been in the same position we're in today. Yeah. But well, so, we, social media is driving this as well. But yeah, and don't forget the case, case-edemic. That's when case-edemic starts. That's when mass testing healthy people started. Okay. And it's the same pattern here. Mass testing healthy people um, it did, it drove the same thing. Okay, and then it's... We, 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 the whole point is we can't deny that people have died and, and, and it's important to point that out as well I mean Debbie yeah. I mean, we, we can't deny that that people who are vulnerable to this virus have died of this virus and that's important to point out and of course the numbers went over 2,000 yesterday of those who died with COVID-19 uh, but okay get, getting back to the thing so you don't believe it's irresponsible what both of you are doing no. yeah no 
And what about, why don't they bring in uh, antigen testing? Why don't they bring in, you know, they're talking about it in England, that you can get this five-pound antigen test, antibody mm-hmm. test. Because we know that we, it was good to do the PCR when it first arrived on our shores because you can get, it was active then. But as it's endemic now for this population, let's look at antibody testing because we can really find people that are quite active. You mean now. antibody well, rather than, I think antigen testing is not antibody testing. Antibody testing is slightly different. Antibody testing. Yeah, so okay. you can, for the protein. Rather okay, than uh, and that's taking it for granted that you can only get it once. Now there has been, I think, allegedly 14 cases around the world a second time out of probably 100 million people in the world that have got it um, or have uh, got COVID-19, which is a very small amount of people who've got it twice. And even then, uh, some of those cases, they're not too sure about. But anyway, let me just get to, um, say there, both of you. I have to go to Rose. Rose, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Rose? Rose, are you there? Oh, sorry, Rose. That is completely my fault. I do apologise. Hang on for a second. I had you switched on the wrong line. There you go. Sorry, Rose. You're grand. How are you, Niall? Good, Rose. You've been listening to both Debbie and before that, of course, you were listening to Mary and they're both carrying on Christmas as usual. Friends and family coming home from England and everything and all sorts of places and going away to daughters and all sorts of things. So what do you think? We're all, we're all making... We all have to make sacrifices, um, in all fairness. Um, Niall, um, I haven't seen my mum and dad for the fact that I want to protect them because I work with children and I'm out and about and whatever else, even though I wear my mask. You know, this is not going to be the only Christmas. I have family in Australia. Even if they said, yeah, you know, you no problem, bring them over. I just think I'd still be on edge just to make sure. And I don't think that is, uh, personally, that is good enough, um, you know, to say, oh, we just want to see the family and get them together. So they're willing to risk someone getting sick in their family just to kind of be together for, what, a couple of days. There's going to be lots of different Christmases you know, ahead. Um, it's just about keeping, uh, keeping the vulnerable um, safe and, uh, you know, the people, the elderly, and even as, as much as something simple. Like, I've been out lot, lots and lots of times, and I wear my mask all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people um, in, you know, shops and stores and whatever, and they haven't got it on. Now, I know some people are pulling out the cards, um, you know, oh, I'm asthmatic. I know two people that were walking around the shopping centre and they're not asthmatic, and they've no masks on. No, I'm not comfortable. I'm not crazy about the masks. Yeah, no, I'm not, cra- I'm not crazy about them myself, but I will put them on when I go into the shop. I always oh, yeah, do. I do. Yeah. And it's still respect for anybody else, especially the elderly, if they're going mm. and they're doing their shopping and stuff like that. And that's what it's about. And it genuinely is. I know it's... And how old is your mum and how old is your, your parents? How old are they? Um, my mum is 67. They're, you know, they are young, and my dad is 68. But my dad's diabetic, and my mum's... Um, Okay. Bob, she's clear of breast cancer two years Okay, now. all right, okay. Okay, okay. So, so, you know, so from your point of view, you consider they may be vulnerable. And I, I get that. I understand yeah. why you would be feel like that. Yeah, and and so when was the last time you seen them? See my mum and dad? Yeah. It would have been, let me see, face to face. Yeah. Would have been about... March? Goodness, easily March. It would have been March, because that was the fourth lockdown, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I only yes. got married in February, so Congratulations. February, so you tell a lie, at my wedding in February. Okay, so that was the last time we've seen them. Okay, yeah. so, so what do you say, say for example, Debbie who was just on there before you, 
her family from England and friends. They're all coming over, grandkids, all coming over. And they're all booked on the ferry on the way over. And then before that, of course, uh, you know, you heard from Mary, whose son wanted to come home with his girlfriend from Hawaii. They just couldn't get a flight. But she's going to her daughter's um, for a get together for Christmas as usual. What do you say to them? Are they, are they irresponsible? Like, in all fairness, like, no disrespect, but I just feel we are in a pandemic and it is a bit irresponsible. Meaning that, like, I, I do, like, just two, you know, two avenues, basically, that I do feel for them, um, you know, wanting to see their family, wanting to have their loved, time, uh, um, loved ones there. It's Christmas time. It's not the only Christmas. Everybody's going to get an opportunity to, you know, and there's a, 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 I can't remember what the ad is for, basically, and people can't be there. So you can Zoom them and you can have a Zoom. I know it's okay, well, let me ask Debbie that just quick before we get the break. Debbie, why couldn't you just Zoom them? What, because, you see, I have a different look on this whole, as I call, pandemic at the moment. Okay. I'm just what following the science and the data. So I have a different view. Um, yeah, so I, I, and, I, and, and I know the world is split in two with some people who don't take it as seriously as others and who don't believe it's as serious as others and there's others no, that I are terrified. It, it, it I was, get that. I think it was, but we are in a respiratory season now. I, you know, I... Um, I've sort of trained in this, in the immune response, in the immune system and everything, so I understand it a little bit more. And that's my feeling on it. If my family are happy to travel here, um, then I'm quite happy, you know, to have them. But the government advice is that they shouldn't be travelling here. That's advice. Now, you know, know, it is advice. It is advice, I mean, and I don't, like I said, I mean, wasn't it Ryanair took the government to court and they lost because it was on the word advice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people, we have to, we have to take our own responsibility as well. Okay, well, do me a favour of both of you. Stay, stay there for a second. Uh, and thank you to Mary as well. But stay there, please, Debbie, if you can. And also, uh, stay, I won't finish that conversation with Rose after the break as well. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number's 87 8 I want to get your opinion. We started off with an email of somebody who basically was saying they're having their Christmas as usual. Their sister-in-law has been impressed and was thinking of even reporting them. 14 over for dinner. Daughter and uh, son coming from Canada and Germany, and they're saying as far as they're concerned, fuck the government, we're having our Christmas. According to the Irish Times, a third of people, it says, a third of people will celebrate Christmas as normal, no matter what the restrictions in place are. The government are telling you not to celebrate Christmas as normal. What will you be doing? And is it irresponsible of somebody, say like Debbie, whose family are coming over on the ferry, loads of them are coming over on the ferry for Christmas? Or do you agree with her and say, well, fair play to her? Just on a uh, reporting her there. Yeah, I think she's dead right. I'd report her as well. You know, you can't be flaunting all these rules and having people coming in from different countries and all, having a big mill up in the house. And you know what'll happen? These these people will be the same people now that'll be going mad because they can't go on holidays next year because of the uh, because we've been in another lockdown. And they won't actually see the whole the whole point of this. Like the whole point of the lockdown is not to spread it now. They're bringing in people from different countries. Oh, having a big mill up in the house over Christmas? Ah, no, I'd report her. Absolutely dead right, I'd report her. Sorry, can't come on, me work, cheers. <laughs> a big mill up in the house. Yeah, well, I, well, they do end up as a mill, doesn't it? Sometimes it does. A fight ends up sometimes, but I, I, I assume you mean mill up, a get-together. Hey, Niall, great show. Um, getting back to you about the uh, Christmas. Yeah, go and enjoy his Christmas. Enjoy his Christmas, and fuck the big Rogers. Netflix and Tony Hoolan has so much uh, grip on this country now, it's, it's, it's a joke. They're terrorising people every night at six o'clock when they don't need to be doing. Um, I've just stopped watching the news now. Enjoy his Christmas, and it looks like his sister-in-law has too much time on her hands. Fuck the big Rogers. I'll be having a big Christmas. There'll be at least 20 of us here. 
coming from England and America. So there's no problem there. Enjoy life. That's what I was there for. Cheers, guys. All right, okay. So he's basically having a lot of people over for Christmas. Now, please stay there if you can, Debbie, because I want to go to Joe. Joe, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Joe? Hi, how you doing? Good to speak to you, Joe. Sorry about that little cough there, but can I just point out, it's not COVID. I just smoked too much. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> you, you're... Ha- for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe, you, you, you have a, an issue, obviously, with uh, Debbie and what she was saying there before the break. Well, it's not just Debbie. I mean, one of the things that I, I find really unusual is, is the amount of people that are very blase about the whole thing. My question to anyone like that is, what happens if you have it? You might be asymptomatic, you don't know, you haven't a clue. You have it, you pass it on to a loved one and the loved one dies. How are you going to feel about that? That's kind one, of... Okay, but can I, can, I, can, I, can I say that I think what happens is, I mean, and I gave an example there going back a couple of weeks ago, uh, about a year and a half ago here, one of the lads in work had a bad dose of the flu. I got yep. it for the first time ever in my life. I was out sick from work, right? Because Andy actually sent me home. Andy, bad news. He sent me home because I, I, that night I remember coming into work and I said to Ashling, she's half the pains in my legs. You know that when you start getting the flu first? Next morning I was dying. Andy sent me home. I ended up in a doctor's office for nearly an hour. He kept me there and call, was going to call an ambulance because my temperature was so high. I got pneumonia, right? I then gave it to Helena. Right, because she was in work, I came into work with it, gave it to Helena. Helena gave it to my, Magic Mike. So, but I, at no stage, would I have blamed the other person. As human beings, we can catch viruses, you know, from workmates or from friends. And as you're talking about somebody who's asymptomatic, sure, it's not their fault if they pass it on to you. They didn't even know they had it. So, I, I think the blame game has to stop. Mm. This emotional blackmail on people. Oh, if mm. you go there and kill your mother now, you know what I mean? You're that's your fault. I think that's kind of emotional blackmail. No, can I just answer? I, I, I'm not. I'm not putting it, this down to emotional blackmail. I'm not trying to blackmail anybody at all. If you had let me finish, my point was: for one year, just don't do it. For one year, Christmas is not the be all and end all of everything. My family are having a Christmas get together this year. There will be 16 people there, and that's their choice. They have asked me to go. They are expecting that I would go until I said, no, I'm not going. Myself and my wife are not going. My wife is a frontline worker, okay. and I work for a company that supply hospitals. I am in and out of all aspects but of the I, I, But then I understand your decision. I understand your decision. Yes, but my point is, for the sake of the frontline workers and for the sake of the other people, why add to the potential of spreading... Okay, well, well let me ask Debbie. Debbie, for the sake of frontline workers... Why have a big get-together at Christmas when you're clearly being told it's a bad idea to do that? But, I mean, we have a respiratory uh, problems every winter. We always do. We always have problems. That doesn't make it... I mean, you know, that two wrongs don't make a two right. Wrongs don't no, make a but, right. I mean, yeah. we're always... It's always overwhelmed every winter. And as you said, I mean, we've never thought about the blame game before with anything. Nobody is intentionally... Uh, wanting to put frontline workers, uh, you know, in a predicament. But, I mean, life has to carry on. We are, it's not for one year if we think this virus is only going to be one year. We have to wait until we get a successful, safe vaccine rolled out. I mean, that might start next year. We've got to wait properly for, you know, the trials and everything to come back. And this could go on for a very long time. And you can only get so much out of people. 
You know, you, you, there's only so much people are willing to give. Okay, and well, 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 hang on, because I'm, I'm kind of stuck for time. Let me get back to that. That's a good point uh, uh, that I want to raise with you, Joe. Okay, there's, there's two vaccines. There's yeah. uh, Pfizer and Moderna uh, on the way, right? So let's say they come out in April. And judging by the cautiousness around vaccines this time around, now I'm very pro-vaccine, by the way, can I point out? But there is a, yeah, but there is a cautiousness. Well, of course. And yeah, everybody's saying, well, hold on, yeah, it's very quick, isn't it? And yeah, it I think I'll wait a couple of months. And anybody, even very logical people I've spoken to who have been very pro-vaccine before, they've said, I'll give it a month or two before I take it, just make sure everyone else is all right first. And I feel, I have to say, I genuinely feel the same. And okay, even a month so, or two is so, probably not going to tell you. So the vaccine is not going to be effective it's not going to be the silver bullet within a short space of time because it's going to take time to build up that 65% or whatever it is for herd immunity, right? So realistically, that's not going to have a great effect. Can you honestly see, as a society, us continuing to live like this for another year, another 12 months? I honestly can't. I think people have already stopped. I mean, if we look at this lockdown compared to March, and it's a similar type of lockdown, I am seeing people going about their lives as normal. I don't believe... Very few people are following the five-kilometer rule. I, 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 if people had an opportunity, I think they'd go to a restaurant or a bar tomorrow. I don't think people are following the guidelines the way they did last time round. My, but my point all along is, I think if people did follow all of the guidelines, we would they be did. in the situation that we are now. But they not did. They did back in March. They did in March. you're not listening. If they did in March. I'm saying if people did follow all of the guidelines. Guidelines are there at the moment and people are not following. Okay, well then let me, let me put it to you then. Let's say we did exactly as we were told and everybody stayed in their house and everybody stayed in their five kilometre and everybody worked from home who should work from home and everywhere closed and we didn't go shopping and we didn't do those and we got the case numbers down to 20 cases a day. Yep. So then we go, right, that's great. We can go back down to level one again now, level zero, whatever it is, and we all go back out to play again and all of a sudden the case numbers go back up again. It's just like, it'll be just like back and forward constantly. So people can't live, continue to live their lives like that. Well, I down again. I disagree. I think people can live their lives like that if they're willing to accept it and willing to accept the consequences that, of so you, what you think if they don't. Okay. That's, well, that's I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe I the majority of people are willing to live their lives like that. I haven't seen any of my family since February of this year. And I, that has been my choice. I could have. There was times right through the summer months when, when the option was there for me to travel. None of them live any closer than two hours away from me. But the option was there during the summer months, but it was my choice, and not just my choice; it was their choice as well. And do you believe that? Do you believe that Debbie has a choice then to live her life the way she wants oh, to I'm live not, her life? I, look, I, and I never at any stage said that that they, people don't. And as I said to you, I did say to you, my sister is having a party, and I said, by all means. Just out of curiosity, by the way, with the email that we got in earlier on, the sister-in-law said she was going to report the family. Well, you, you wouldn't report your sister. Absolutely not a hope in hell. It's their choice to do what they want to do. And that's the point I'm making. It's the choice that, they, that is there. The choice is there for people to do. The only point that I'm making about it is that people have to then suffer the consequences. As somebody else uh, had a, a vox pop into you or a voice message into you, it's a lot of these people, and I know because I work with them, they're the people that will come next summer and they can't go on their holidays to Spain. They'll be the ones that are complaining. All right, well, listen, I have to take a break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Thank you for that, Joe. Uh, the number is 087 That's 087 Hi. No, I think the main point is that she's putting her whole community at risk. And she did turn around and say she had people coming over from London, multiple different areas. Now, what you don't have to, what you have to realise is even people who don't get sick, if you have COVID in your community, people are going to have to go into lockdown. People aren't going to be able to go to work. And myself, personally, 
I have someone who's just had a recent cancer diagnosis. She doesn't have to experience any symptoms, neither do I. But if we've been in contact with someone in a shop, let's say, you know, then she can't get treatment for two weeks, three weeks. And what this woman is doing is she's bringing loads of people over from the UK, which has a ridiculously high infection rate. And she's mixing them all at one table. And she can say, oh, we'll only be one person in the house. What happens if you run out of milk or bread? Someone has to leave the house. And then all of you have been put together. And every that person who goes to get the milk is so high risk. And for your community, it's just ridiculous and selfish.